Hey babies, they say it's a thin line between love and hate, so then is this also true of horror and romance? Most of us have heard the arguments of Disney movies, Baby It's Cold Outside, and The Twilight Saga, but today, pretty listeners, we have a special treat for you all. We teamed up with the ladies of PSI Love Rom-Coms podcast to talk about a love story that turns into a nightmare, Michael Pierce's Beast. So come on, babies, show us your teeth. I'm Rachel. Ah, I'm Mary Kay. I'm Mary. I'm Allie. <laughs> and I'm Mia. We did it. <laughs> we got, th- got through everybody. Um, so welcome everybody to Everything Trying to Kill You slash P.S. I Love Rom-Coms for the day. Uh, <clears throat> ladies, why don't you uh, tell all of our listeners about your show? Yeah, happy to. Um, me and I host a podcast called P.S. I Love Rom-Coms, where each week we watch a rom-com, we rate it, we review it, and we relate it to our own lives. Um, <laughs> and boy, we are so excited to be joining you guys and stepping into the spooky and a little bit romantic world of horror <laughs> movies. Yes, thank you so much for having us. Um, and weirdly, that we do get a lot of crossover with our guests of people who like horror and like rom-com. And I, I am one of them. So, And so is Allie. Allie is a very spooky lady. So Love really excited to be here. Movies. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, Ali, I see you. <laughs> I feel like generally whenever I watch a romantic comedy, and I'm, I'm pretty sure that Mindy Kaling is the one who said this, but I'm always the one who will, who will point out where the protagonist could have gotten murdered. <laughs> like, you know, like, I'm, I'm the one who was like, you went home with a stranger. What were you thinking? He could have hid you and hit, like, he could have done anything to you. Um, so I'm, I'm excited that this movie kind of starts starts off um in in a happy way and then it really goes off the rails because <laughs> like I, I feel vindicated about my anxieties <laughs> of strangers um yeah so y'all start your show generally with what rom-com movie hero or heroine you're channeling at the moment and i thought we for our icebreaker could kind of do a similar thing where we answer what horror movie heroine you're channeling regularly or right now either way I love that okay do you want are y'all ready do you want to oh yeah I'm I'm, okay. I'm ready okay do well it. <laughs> I feel like this week I am channeling Natalie Mendoza's character um Juno from the horror movie The Descent um oh. just just because this last weekend I went camping and I went camping by myself which no. I've never mm-hmm. done before <laughs> that sounds <laughs> awesome <laughs> that sounds awesome <laughs> I've never done it before, but I was like, I really want to go camping. Um, And so I went to Joshua Tree and it was really, really fun. But there were a few moments where I was like, oh, this is getting a little spooky. One of them was like, I'm going to go on this hike I've never been on before. It's like a three mile hike out into kind of like the desert. Um, And I would say like the first like quarter of the hike, I was feeling really confident. I was like, I got this. The trail was marked really well. And then I would say two thirds into it, the trail disappeared. And I was like, where am 
Oh my god. That's how it works. I'm gonna die. I was too cocky. <laughs> and then that's how they get that's you. How they get you. <laughs> Reese Reese Witherspoon and Wild had me feeling myself and I <laughs> should not have felt that confident. And then out of the corner of my eye I saw something move and I was like, Oh my god, what was that? And bad. It was bad. It was a bunny rabbit, but Aww. it was a very, it was like a very aggressive one that I think a lot of people have fed. And then like bunny rabbits kept kind of like approaching me um, uh, aggressively. What if what actually ha- had happened was that other hikers had become lost and they went full Snow White on that shit. They've been feeding these bunnies like, lead me back to civilization, Archibald. <laughs> like they're like building a little civilization and naming them. And like, if you went a little further into like the wilderness, you would have found this like cave full of skeletons with a bunch of bunnies on top of it. Like, wow. <laughs> There's that horror book bunny that like Mona Awad has bunny. And then when you said Joshua Tree, I thought of the the short story in Karen Russell's collection, Orange World, about the Joshua Tree, and where it basically possesses one of the campers. Because they have spines on them, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's uh-uh. dope. That whole uh-uh. book is, mm-hmm. yes it Bye. is. It's I'm so out. good. It's uh-huh. so scary. Rachel, it's a tree. You can't be out. <laughs> it's just a tree that it exists. It's not even near you. No, I mean, like, other I'm, coast. I'm out of here. I'm out of here. Y'all, I'm not going to sleep tonight now. There's like a tree with a spine on it. Fuck out of here. No. Well, like a cactus spine, like a little sticker. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, not like a spinal cord. Oh, no, I would be out too. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was a good answer, though. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> but yeah, that's who I'm channeling this week. And uh, I am channeling um, Thaisa Farmiga's character, Max from the uh, horror comedy, maybe, The Final Girls. Because Max, like, sort of thinks she's, like, going to have a certain experience where it's, like, she's going to go watch a horror movie that her mother starred in and her mother's has died. So it's, like, sort of, like, bittersweet for her. But then she gets sucked into the horror movie and has to defeat all the villains. And I um, came back from Los Angeles uh, to my hometown of Portland, Oregon, um, thinking that I would sort of like get out of LA, like, you know, just like spend some time with my family, raise my dog, like, you know, kind of like get out of it. And, um, I am now on like level eight of the horror film that is 2020, where it's like, I came back when they sent the feds. <laughs> that's like, so when I came back, that's when like the feds were here. And now we've been a week inside, like literally we're just like in a smoke cloud. I know it's like bad in LA too, but it's been like day. I don't know what day. I don't know how many days where it, it just looks like we're in a deep fog, but it's, we're like celebrating because our hair, our air quality went from um, hazardous to like very unhealthy. And we're like, yay. <laughs> like, that's I'm glad y'all are okay. By the way, I should have opened with that. <laughs> so I woke up. So I'm in, I'm in Arizona right now. So I I woke up one morning. We finally had a night that was cool enough to like sleep with the window open and oh get fresh God. air and breeze. And I woke up the next morning like, yo, I feel so bad. No. And my mom was like, it's the smoke. And I was like, no, it's not. And I pull out my phone and check the air quality. I was like, oh dear God. Yeah. Yeah. It's like yes, real. It like it's like mm-hmm. like you're like we're going. I'm going to bed at night, and it's like my it's like my the rooms like smell like different levels of smokes. So when I go to my room, it smells like there's like a campfire burning, um, and it is getting better, and I'm totally fine. But I just feel like Max because I'm like I came in specifically being like, oh, I'm gonna go enjoy like the sort of the fresh 
air of Oregon and and be in nature and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like on like day seven of like pajamas all day, just like (laughs) kind of pretending it's fog and not smoke. But we're totally fine. There's lots of good stuff happening. But I'm 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 channeling um, Max. Um, The birds are falling out of the sky dead. Yes. Seriously. It is horror. It is it is stuff of horror. And I've seen that I was walking I go for a walk late at night usually because I live in like an elder community and I don't want to alarm them with my youth. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm gonna give them the virus. You know, alarm them with my youth. Well, you know. So um so I go for walks late at night and the last time I counted like four different birds that were really? just like lying there on the sidewalk. I was like So it's Arizona too, because I read it was New Mexico. Um, I mean I've seen them. I mean I would assume if it's making it all the way to New Mexico then Yeah. No, it's like widespread. It's got to come through here first, for sure. Jesus, man. Yeah. So, sorry. Did not mean to bring it, did not mean to bring it down, but it's, you know, a horror is weird. Oh, girl, how can you, how can you not? How can I not? How can I not? But there's so many, you know, it's like we're safe, we're healthy. Doug, my dog is fine. So there's lots to be grateful for, but definitely channeling Max from, um, from Final Girl, the Final Girls, which is one of my favorite, one of my favorite. I have a, I have a related pick if I can go next. Yes. Ladies. Um, so the only one that really leapt to mind, because most of my favorite horror heroines are a lot more resilient than I'm being right now, um, was Wendy Torrance. Like, yep. I am trapped inside, slowly unraveling. And somebody's getting mad at you for making them a sandwich? I mean, that's what it feels like, even though that's not what my parents are not doing that to me, obviously. They're not chasing me around a hotel with an axe, but like... I don't know. Look behind you! <sighs> Wait, what, you wait, can what, actually see behind me. What's Wendy Torrance from? <laughs> the, Shining. the Shining. Oh my gosh, yes. Okay, yes. So just trapped inside, slowly unraveling, really like trying to hold it together and like be there for the people I love, but also the people I love are like the problem <laughs> half the time. Um, yeah, and I also am pretty sure that my younger cat is very much communicating with some sort of like ghost demon evil thing <laughs> inside his his little paw. Meow, meow. Oh my god. <laughs> he that's how he meows sometimes. I was like, <laughs> that's what he's saying. Let's get talkies. Yeah. <laughs> the Yeah, we we had a whole episode about The Shining, and I was talking about how I wonder what they talk about when he's not like deliberately menacing people like when it's just tony and danny and he's like tony he's like danny i want some takis and like they have they just like shoot the shit and share snacks and stuff i thought that would be cute i would watch that like on cartoon network yeah. <laughs> anyway that's where i am with it slowly unraveling trapped inside but oh, i got i get to go back i get to go back to work now finally so oh. that might help so I wasn't sure about this question. I was thinking about it for days. So finally I asked Mary Kay, I said, can you elaborate? Because I don't know what to say. She goes, and she, and she elaborated and then she goes, oh, so, you know, basically Sarah and Creep too. Um, <laughs> that's yours. I've decided for it. She just decided for me, um, which I was very um, flattered because... Wow. Um, <laughs> That's how I meant it. Like very capable, knowing that you're in danger, but being so curious. Yeah. Normally that yes. you're like, no, I got a knife in my boot. I'm ready for this shit. Let's, let's I think normally that's true, but this week I've really I feel like I've really more of been channeling I don't even remember her name. Um and I say that I love this movie from The Witch. Um Thomason. Oh, because yeah. 
because there's all these factors out of out of my control so it's like either I do this I'm fucked if I do this I'm double fucked so and then I make one joke and now everyone thinks I'm a witch <laughs> and it's trying to kill me and it's like this very much have been has been my week at work it's like everything's shit I'm just trying to get through the day I make one joke mm-hmm. and they're like okay crucifier mm-hmm. time to fucking mm-hmm. put you in the ground <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I feel that hard. I definitely had a, a rough work moment or two this past week as well. So, like, it's 2020. We're we just we are just talking and joking about how we all just want to die right now. Like, let me just <laughs> let me just make this one joke just to get through the day. Thank you. I love I mean, your jokes. I love you. I They're think, great. You know, I will say so. Like, I work with a lot of younger people, and it really is much more common for Gen Z to be, like, to, like, joke about, like, I want, I want to, like, end it all, or, like, we're going to drink bleach or whatever. And I just think they don't, like, so they'll make fun of us if we're, like, oh, my God, about these kind of jokes. And we're, like, you got to remember, like, we were that first generation where they were, like, oh, my God, kids will actually take their own lives. We have to be careful. So we got drilled into our heads from a pretty young age. Like, if somebody says anything, anything. Like report it to an adult. Yeah. So for us, it's like it's like ingrained to be such. Who do I tell? <laughs> yeah. And it's ingrained like, oh shit, I'm the grown up. I'm the 35 year old. Like, I'm not ready. So, so they're so yeah. So then they make fun of us, and we're like, it's just us. We love you, and they're like, have you not been on TikTok? Like, this is all we say all the time. Like, uh, I'm really excited for Mary Kay's answer, though. Let's let's have it. So. Before, I thought of this question before I watched the movie because the moment that we were told that y'all were interested in coming on the show, I was like, I'm going to go listen. I'm going to bone up on, I'm going to study. And so I asked the question and then as I was watching Beast, I was like, oh no, I'm her. <laughs> um, but the one I had in mind um, before I watched the movie was Anoxuna Moon from The Mummy. Because oh yeah. She's like, oh, yeah. No, I'm just gonna go ahead and kill myself. Don't worry about it. You're the only one. Here we go. <laughs> and then she doesn't get resurrected. Which as I was watching Beast, I was like, no, this is much more of who I am all the time. Because <laughs> and you know, one of the fir- either the first or last question that we generally ask after the icebreaker is is this movie scary and man it was for me because i went for it i was like <laughs> it wasn't him it wasn't him he has an alibi it was i don't want it to be him so therefore it was not him and that's just not how life works i have learned yeah, yeah. but i would be a sucker for like if i if this weird dude from a club was like trying to love on me and I was like nah and then this hot dude comes out of the literal fucking woodwork with a gun <laughs> to be like why don't you leave her alone like, you mean so like if a wolf comes after you but then like a bigger wolf yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like well you're a bigger wolf <laughs> you're like puff and puff and blow my house down <laughs> that's what you guys do right let's go I mean, so on the topic of is this scary, right? Uh, When Mary Kay put down the outline, I thought about it. And listeners, y'all know I'm always like, it's only scary if I feel like it could really happen to me. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, and I was like, if 
I were rescued <laughs> by this this full-lipped gentleman <laughs> lying in the tall grass with a gun, apparently. Covered in blood, maybe? I do think, yeah, I do think I'd be appreciative. But then when he was like, let's be boyfriend and girlfriend, I would be like, oh, no, oh. Well, she does do oh, that at first. N- no. And then he okay, but I don't, off. He just plays it right. You know, where he's like, I don't oh, think, you said no, okay. And then she's like, wait, I don't no, think, I didn't mean it. Not really. I don't think the one children's book would be enough to send me over the edge. No, it would for me. I would just go on Amazon and get it myself. You can't. That one's out of print. <laughs> okay, I'll get a different children's book about... You think I don't already own a million children's books about animals? Come on. I mean, yes, I do, but that's where... It's a fairy tale, so that's where the, the title comes from, right? I know. I I just... I That was a moment where I was like, I'm not sure I would have... Like, in the same position, I'm not sure I would have made the same choices. Then again, I don't have a family that is an actual pile of on fire horse shit (laughs) i have a loving and supportive family who want the best for me so if men are not nice to me they're like oh we don't like that one then yeah rachel texted me when she was watching it the first time i can't remember exactly what you said but i was like i don't remember and then i watched it and i was like oh yeah yeah i said i'm not even 15 minutes into this movie and i'm really pissed i'm pissed i'm pissed the fuck (laughs) off same because yeah that, that was i i felt i was like oh she needs him uh, yeah i fully agree with mary um yeah where i'm like oh i probably w- like like right i'm like I, i'm like oh he's like the bigger wolf he's covered in blood and like has a gun and has got like dead animals in his car and like all of that i don't w- immediately i'm i'm also like mary Kay, in which i am the person that's like murder i will be murdered if i <laughs> like relax for a second so i'd immediately be like no but knowing that she's trapped and infantilized mm-hmm. by her horrible family yeah. i'm like she has to date him <laughs> she, has, she has yeah to date him. yeah can i ask a quick question before we move on am i the only dumb fuck that thought cliff was her brother for a very long time no, I, I thought similar. he was your brother i thought he was your brother until the last final scene when he was like i'll always like you and then yeah. I was like, oh, that's I, that guy from the party. Well, because Clifford and... They look a lot. Clifford and, and uh, Harry yeah. look very similar. Yeah. I, yeah. Who was confused? I thought, I was like, why the hell is his, like, daughter around? Is that his daughter? Am I just confusing these characters? And I think I just, like, mashed up some stuff. I don't know. But it was... Especially because he just, like, met up with her in the car. And I was like, they seem very familiar. He says he does, He says he's the last person who'd want to hear about her sex life. So I was like, oh, he's her brother. Yeah. That's why he's like around sometimes. Who are you talking about, Harry or Clifford? Cliff. Cliff. I he think is I'm so I'm, thirsty. I mashed him up in my brain. Oh, because, I see. I see. I see. Yeah. Because yeah. we both right, thought wh- Cliff was Harry, and I thought Cliff was Harry until the final scene when exactly he same. like it tells her to fuck off and stuff. I was like, oh, that's that guy from the party. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh, no. yeah. It's when she says he doesn't like his smell. That's yeah. when I realized it was the guy from the party. That, exactly. Same. Same. Yeah. You know his clothes smell a little sour. Yeah. Like that's what I was. You his know exactly detergent is mean. wrong for his body chemistry. That's the worst. <laughs> I'm so, I am so heinously picky about that. I don't know if I'm just like a weirdo or if I just my like reaction to those smells is different. But like, and I, I rarely have that reaction to anybody else. You know, it's just 
what it's my body and my clothes. Yeah, like when you try a different deodorant and then you start sweating and you're like, oh, no. <gasps> ah, 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 abort, abort. No, that's why you got to be prepared. When you know you're trying something new, you got to stash the old deodorant in the purse just in case. You're yeah. exactly right. I have a quick question. Did anybody else, I didn't really, I didn't find this movie, I've, I'm a little twisted and I felt this movie really sexy and I was really hoping that it would end around in it. <laughs> 60 with them just happy together just like living as kind of like happy little freaks who have like a crazy kinky sex life and I was like yeah this is how the movie ends and then I was like oh there's still like another 45 minutes so you know like shit goes down but something I kept thinking throughout the movie I was like oh it's obvious that Maul was the murderer right I thought that she was the murderer for the really long time just because same it's called beast and she has like you know, we all get chin hairs. Ladies, we all get chin hairs sometimes, but she, mm-hmm. she do a lot of like close Yes, yeah, sometimes only. Sometimes. <laughs> yep. And never, never more than one except when there are. <laughs> <laughs> but they, I felt like they were hinting, especially with those like kind of weird, like uh, psychological, like flashbacks she would have where like she was being murdered, but then she was also like murdering people. I was like, oh my Or her gosh. dreams, yeah. Yeah. yeah, there was a lot, there was a lot of symbolism here. Like yeah. when the movie started, I was like, I get it. Belle and Beauty and the Beast wore a yellow dress. I get it. I see all the <laughs> yellow tones you're going for, the yellow balloons, the yellow dress. I get it. I, so while we're talking about like the, is it based on a fairy tale? I think only sort of, and definitely not the Disney one. In the original like French version, right? You have the noble woman who is, for some reason, it varies, uh, cursed or, like, falls on the grenade of marrying this atrocious monster. IRL, it's based on, it's one of the wild boys from uh, the, the Spanish court who married, like, a normal woman. He was a, a hirsute boy. He was, like, a oh, okay. feral child. Yeah. yeah, that they kept on. Anyway... Um, so it's fucked up that that's even a fairy tale because that was a real person who whose life was, you know, made into a spectacle. But, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, and there's, I mean, you can read all about uh, that. There's a documentary about it on Netflix and stuff, too. Um, oh. Yeah, it's really interesting and kind of sad. But they ended up being, like, it was an arranged marriage, but they ended up being, like, super happy together. So I think that's where the fairy tale part comes in, right, is where... Apparent, I mean, the fairy tale goes that the graceful woman brings out the humanity in the beast. But when you have all, I mean, you have like Angela Carter's retelling, you have like Shrek, you have like <laughs> this where it happens the opposite way, right? Where like the monstrous man brings out the monstrous woman. And that's a really oh. satisfying twist for me. Well, it's funny. I actually read the twist as being on a different like a parallel, but like the, the one, the, the element of twist that stuck out to me was that, you know, we often reflect on the Beauty and the Beast story as being a really kind of heinous or outdated way of, of, of treating this narrative, right? That it kind of boils down to like a Stockholm Syndrome fantasy that like if you trap her long enough, she'll get into it. Yeah, and it's what he tries to do. And then here it becomes, it, it's a much more like contemporary and truthful to I, I would imagine many more women's experiences telling and that that's not that's not how no 
No, like, she can, it's not like she doesn't get taken in at all, but she can also read her environment. She can also read the people in her life. She can also interpret the events for herself. And she reaches a moment of deciding, like, nope, everyone was right. And I, and I got to shut this down. I love As opposed that. to just, like, sticking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same. But when we were talking about the fairy tale, because I got really excited when Mary Kay was like, well, this is a retelling of Beauty and the Beast. I was like, bet, I'm on it. Um, <laughs> and I watched it. I was like, Beauty and the Beast, who? Where? <laughs> How? But then I watched it the second time. And even like if you think about the Disney version, everyone in this movie in this movie is either Gaston or the wolves that attack Belle later on. They're all either one. Like, her whole family, Gaston, the 100%. 100%. <laughs> like, her mom, okay. like, when the moment, the moment when she got mad at her, when she came back after the club, and then she, she, um, uh, like, grill, like, grills her about it, and then she goes, eat your cake. And Let's it remi- be friends again. Let's be friends again. That was terrifying. And Mom. that reminded that me terrifying. of the time when in the office when Michael Scott was breaking up with Pam's mom, Helene, and he was like, eat your cake, Helene. She goes, hmm. He's like, just, I want you to enjoy your cake because I'm about to say something so terrible, so, so terrible that I want you to enjoy this moment. Oh, my God. Before this next part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. That that moment also stood out to me, Rachel, when the when the mom is like 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 so stony faced and rude and then switches to like, let's be best friends again. Like I was like to answer it's like, is this movie scary? It's like that's what's scary to yeah. me about the movie. Is it's like the mom's like and sometimes like like maybe it was like at the fair when the mom had this just like severe yes. expression. It reminded me, I just heard about this thing called the stillness experiment, where it was like in the seventies, they were trying to like like research like mirroring and it was like they, there's like a video of like a mom who's like cooing at a baby and the baby's like cooing and having fun and then the mom's expression goes like completely still and then the baby like is like trying to get the mom to engage and can't and when he can't get the mom to engage the baby's like really freaking out and then the mom comes back and it's like okay but it reminded me of that where that's I'm like oh my god cool. she yeah and I was like that is what like that's that yeah like that's the scary well element. the yeah well what they found out in those studies was that this is horribly traumatic and like damages <laughs> babies brains irreparably which is why they don't do those studies anymore because oh, no. you well you can't ethically perform them anymore because what they found out was that when when those babies aren't getting that kind of like when attention is withheld like that in a way that is contradictory to natural social cues right like if a baby is cooing at me the most natural response would be to smile at, like to have some kind of warm or positive interaction with it. And they found that those babies all grew up to be murderers. So, okay, no, not, that's didn't. not, that's not, cate- <laughs> that's not categorically true. <laughs> every single baby, every time a baby smiles at you and you don't smile back, that's one person that baby's gonna murder later. <laughs> That's on you. <laughs> I never so. smile back at baby. Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel, Rachel is, is like if Rachel I don't know like that baby making murderers. <laughs> Rachel is like the Genghis Khan of second degree murder. Like 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 once removed murder. Like she's just out here mowing down civilizations <laughs> by withholding herself. From I'm doing it for Mother Nature. Oh no. Oh, God. <laughs> 
No, no, but it really does have a profoundly negative impact on them and a, a lot of, I mean, yeah, yeah. Like, we know that people who are neglected, who are abused, um, are more likely to develop antisocial personality traits. This constitutes a form of neglected abuse. Yeah. Withholding Did, that way. Yeah. I kind of feel like that's one of the reasons why Maul continues to seek revenge is that her family just sucks so much. It was like very difficult to watch as like a woman, even though it's like this is a very heightened degree, but the like the high level of expectation her family had for her and not for her brother and the other sibling, like the, the sister was like truly so upsetting. Oh my gosh. Remember after they have that like real romantic beach kiss and then she comes home and her mom like, t- she totally infantilizes her and she's like, apologize to your niece. What are you sorry for? Like, and I'm a grown like, ass woman. I'm not sorry for shit. He should have been here to get his kid on time. Yes. Like, yeah. Yeah. And, and it was that, like obviously I was her- with the murderer. It's not like she's going to get killed while I'm gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like your, your logic is flawed. You're here. welcome, mom. <laughs> Either he's the murderer. Which is it? Like, is he the, is he the murderer? So I shouldn't hang out with him or is he the murderer? So I was keeping Jade safe. Yeah. You can't have both. Yeah, Maul kind of seemed like she was like the ultimate middle sibling in the way that she's always like she's like the, even uh, uh, her sister even called her in her really shitty speech the one that you can always depend on, but like is background noise. But the one time she does anything for herself, oh God forbid. And even her brother, and I was going to mention it later when we were going to talk about sex and everything, but, like, her brother was like, hey, can my daughter stay here? Because I'm having a friend over. And so that was why Jade was there, and that's why Maul had to be there, because, you know, and then, so they give her the third degree about it, and then when the mom addressed Harry, whose fault it was, she just goes, you need to get your, your child on time. But the, she had I this whole... she said that. But she had this whole spectacle about how this was all because of Maul. Well, and I interpreted that to be that she, the family will never stop punishing her for the stabbing. Right? Mm. That like, uh, this doesn't, this isn't, it's not even just that her family is evil. Like there's a reason that they are cruel to her and not the other children. It's because they actually, I, I do think her mom sincerely believes that Mal is is dangerous and is unpredictable and that this level of control is necessary for Mal to not end up dead or in prison or killing someone else or you I know mean, like that this right. is to, to I mean certainly to a degree I don't think I don't know you know we can certainly the what if game is fun and if mom had not been a fucking nightmare then Mal probably wouldn't have been as attracted to Pascal, which means she probably would have gone on about the rest of her life with, with you know, not killing of the humans. I mean, don't get me wrong. He's attractive. He has beautiful lips, but I, you know. I wasn't but- expecting to be as attracted to him as I was when he came up out of the heath and looked at her boo-boo and said, you're wounded. I can fix that. I was so mad. (laughs) Oh my God. How dare they, the writers and the director of this movie, how dare you disrespect the man in holes by having him say, I can fix that. You're going to have this. I thought exactly. Thank you. 
Mm-hmm. Disrespect. Disrespect. That's fair. It's fair. It's a classic. I I mostly thought like if a man took my hand and I had a cut in it and he said you are wounded, I would say you are a drama queen. <laughs> <laughs> They're rude. They're Mary. all like that. I will go wash my hands, and that will be the end of this conversation. <laughs> like, I chill out, man. Chill out. I cut myself all the time on every I single really thing. I really like that kind of intensity in a film. And in life, I won't lie. They kind of, like, set this up. Um, just to bring in a little of our rom-com expertise. Yes, uh, let's go they, there. They set, go. Up, they set up the first kind of, like, chunk of this film Um almost like a rom-com to kind of like lure you in and kind of be like, I understand why Mal's doing this. Uh, a big rom-com trope is like a perfect guy on paper. That's kind of Cliff, the police chief, where we're like, oh, he's like an upstanding policeman. But when he pins that little badge on her dress, it just like dries you right up. It's so creepy. And like, <laughs> it really yes, does. It, and he's like, honestly, the words police chief dried me right up. But, yeah. yeah. You know, like... <laughs> I'm Real not talk. Me. I picture Captain Holt, so I'm like, okay. <laughs> and then you Girl, have her. You don't want he don't want you as beautiful I as you that. are. I know that he doesn't want my heavy breasts. <laughs> Five and a half pounds a piece. <laughs> Yo, when he said that, I lost my mind. I was like, I had half of mine cut off, and what they cut off did not equal five pounds. No, no, no. <laughs> They were five pounds before the chopping. I know, but it's so funny. But anyway, police Goodbye. chief, Clifford, good on paper. Good on paper yeah. guy. And then we have the perfect older sibling who's married to a pilot yeah. and has straight hair. And Lottie then fucking duh. They're straight hair. <laughs> yeah. I feel bad that I straightened my hair today now. No, no. I'm just mad. I'm just salty at Polly in particular. Not everyone was straight here. What the actual fuck was that speech? Oh, but she's How? having the party? twins, Mary. She's having How? twins. Don't pull that face. It's twins. How? Uh, there's, utterly... there's champagne. If, she can't even family? drink it, Mom. Champagne. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like the decor. If this is a family so obsessed with decorum. Why did they not all clutch their motherfucking pearls in astonishment when she used her birthday toast to announce her pregnancy? Yeah. That is like, that's honestly, that's more of like a sitcom trope than exactly. anything. You know what this movie yeah. is not called? This movie is not called Ohana for a reason. Because yeah. she goes, yeah. she goes, when, when she was giving um, her the third degree, she goes, we're, so, we're a family and family comes first. Bitch, are you kidding me? And then and then you're going to turn around and say, let's be friends again. Well, which is it? That, that little blue alien monster that behaves like my cat could be like, oh, I'm not friends, family. Like, he figured it out in the course of one Disney movie. I always like to reflect on any Disney movie full of beautiful men of color and um, thick, attractive women, so... <laughs> Any opportunity to discuss Lilo and Stitch is a good one. All right, so so more of these, more of these tropes, okay. please, Allie. Yes. Well, the, when then we, we've been talking about this wound where Pascal, you know, uh, helps Maul with her wound, and that's a very big rom com trope. We see it. Oh um, God. Yeah, we see it in the Wedding Planner. We see it in Bend It Like Beckham, where it's like you're wounded. Let me tend to your wound. Um, Let me 
you. I have a, I have a reason yeah. to touch you. Let's have a, yeah, and ex- a reason to touch you like very like intimately and like closely. Yes. And so like I I see why Mal fell for him and definitely why she wanted to get ri- away from her family, which is another rom-com trope, which is the mm-hmm. obstacle of difficult in-laws. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> I I do think that my identification with Maul ends at his nasty fingernails because yes. the girl dated a lot of hippies in college and got a lot of UTIs from shit <gasps> like that. In See, I so, hear you say in college, but you know I met you after that. Okay, so. and that one year after. <laughs> okay. Just checking. There was one guy also who had accidental dreadlocks. Oh, no. Accidental dreadlocks? It wasn't white, though. It wasn't like white people dreads where it's just okay. like one big beaver tail. Yeah. I don't know how. I mean, they, they didn't look accidental, but then he told me that, and I was like, why are you telling people that? These are people. <laughs> So I think what's another really cool thing about this movie, there's a lot of symbolism, but you can kind of see like nature kind of acting as a character itself. So when you when yeah. the film first opens, you get the wide expensive sea and then it keeps going to a picture of like a memorial and then it goes to like the ground. So first it's like grass and then you go to another memorial and then it goes to a different ground, like where they're doing the farming, like with the potatoes and so when he meets her for the first time, which we later learned on her birthday was the same night uh, Melissa went missing. And so when he, you see the dirty fingers on the second time watching, you know, bitch, he just got done burying that other girl. Yeah. yeah. He just got done. He's got blood on him from her touching you. Yeah, see, that wouldn't have thrown me off, but the dirty fingernails. <laughs> But the dirty finger, not the blood. I've made some decisions I'm not proud of, Rachel. I feel okay. like Mary Mary Kay is going to listen to this episode to like do promo materials and be like, "Dear God," because <laughs> even like the self contradictory stuff. I mean, and that's that's part of romance and horror, right? Is that we yes. do things that even we don't agree with, right? Yes. So on the one hand, you say like. Um, oh, I'm terrified of being murdered. On the other, you're like, a bloody jacket wouldn't bother me if he looked like that. Like, you know, so no, there's all of this. No, not if he looked like that, if he did those things. Because, like I was saying, like, objectively, not my type at all. An adult male blonde? No. No. <laughs> Hard no. Um, sorry. I mean, that you're not, like, ruled out on that for those reasons, but, like, it's never my go-to. Redford and Newman, you know, but, like, ever since, it's kind of... Sure, right. Um... <laughs> Of course. I mean, there are exceptions, but that's just, I mean, it's not really the way he looks. It's what he does, right? He is so, he has BDE. That's what it is. Yeah, that's, that's wait, fair. Wait, what? You, okay, Mary. Look, yeah, we, oh, Pam, we listeners, actually, this is a screenshot moment. I really wish you could see that salty, the, mean mug that she just I gave just, me. <laughs> and it's highlighted so, by her lip bar lipstick that looks so good. I just it is boss lady (laughs) no I I just sucked on my teeth real hard because I had to think about it I was like does this might be the first time I disagree like usually the three of us are in alignment uh Mia (laughs) Ellie I don't know how often you guys talk about this the energy of someone's dick or the related size to that energy (laughs) they Um, do rom-coms of course they talk about dick energy (laughs) that's what it's all about but we we do we do depending on the rom-com 
Oh, sure, sure. I listened to the one that Tay Diggs was in, so Woo! y'all oh. talked about it on there. That's a little <laughs> man with a lot of big D. Oh, she went, she went. She said, she said. Woo! I'm fanning myself. <laughs> I saw him one time at a convention. He sat at a table behind me, and I lost my mind. And then he smiled, and I was like, I'm just stupid. He smiled. I, I've become stupid with two T's. Because it just... Stupid. <laughs> I I have another rom com trope from this, which okay. is we've talked about this scene a lot when she rescues him from the the sexual assaulty guy from the club. Oh. That's like something we see. I don't know what you want to call that, Allie, but we see that in like Hitch when it's like this is the most extreme version. But like in Hitch, it's like the girl is at the bar being hit on by like an annoying bro, and then the guy comes up and pretends to be a boyfriend and is like, "Sorry, honey, I'm late." Like, ooh, like a that savior complex. Sucks. Yeah, like he sort of saves her from a bad situation. Um, and he's, it's kind of like the less bad guy. You know, it's like there's the bad guy. I'm like the I, – I get it. You know, he like shoots yeah. a sexual assaulting – like yeah. a, a near sexual assaulter and is like, I get it. Get in my car with blood and dirt. Um, <laughs> Dad, in the back. That's kind of what I was like, uh, saying earlier. Exactly. Just like that where it's like – I am the lesser of the two evils only because yeah. I'm better at this. I'm like, here's this wolf <laughs> coming at you, but I'm the bigger wolf. So I'm going to get him off of you, but now you have to deal with me. Yeah. Same with Hitch. Cause he, he was like getting a bro away, but Hitch's whole job is like being exactly. charismatic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. He's just better at it. it. He's just better at yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. We're on the yeah. same page. Which, same. you know, it's Will Smith. Like, yeah, he would be. I, yeah. I believe, and of course I believe all of this. But, but what's really, I mean, maybe I'm jumping ahead here, but like what I, because I loved this movie. I loved Me it. Me too. I, I love that at the end, she becomes the ultimate wolf herself. Like if we're yeah. like going with like the wolf metaphor and like the beast metaphor, like she like dresses up like prey in her cute little white dress and then she fucking kills him the same way he killed all of those girls and yes. it's just like yes well, she, she she drapes herself in white as a very literal wolf in sheep's clothing yes, yes. okay not literal a metaphorical one but you know what i'm saying yeah yes it is pretty literal to be a metaphor <laughs> it's a, so, it is very literal metaphor it is a it is an anvil sized metaphor <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because I wasn't I wasn't sure if I, I I didn't decide if I loved this movie or not until the last five minutes because it was that thing where it's like you kept thinking it might end and it never ended. And then I'm like, if this movie ends with just two psycho killers going off into the night, I don't want that because that's I'm like, that's a real thing. There are actual yeah people that are bad that do that. And I'm like, I'm not really interested in, in whatever the take on that couple is. But the, then when it but it, it had me on the edge of my seat. Cause I had no, I had no idea what she was doing. Cause she, she tricked me too. Cause she was such a good wolf mm-hmm. in sheep's clothing. Um, and I loved it. Yeah. I love that. So her journey throughout the movie, right? She, she has spent a lifetime contending with the fact that she is capable of monstrosity, that there might be an actual monster inside her. And it, is it something she can control? Is, is it even real or has she, has it been mostly told to her if it is real what does she do about it and to you know what she goes through in the course of the movies leads her to believe that she is she is some kind yeah. of monster if she would love this love this person or make these choices 
and coming to the conclusion that oh i am and thank fucking god because i can handle this then yeah she like, am- this is this is what the monster's for yeah yes she, for me to yeah. do the thing that nobody else can do she admits yeah. it in the end when she's like you have to tell me we have to be honest and because Ooh, she traps him with that confession i love it yes she is like because yes. i am the same i'm the same way i've done it i'm there i'm the same i'm i'm just like you this is a question i had for you guys when she says it wasn't defense it was revenge is she lying <gasps> i think she's lying i think she's lying i think she's telling the truth I think that she understands that it's a distinction because, and this is the answer to a question I asked, but we're getting all over the place, so who cares? Um, Where it turns into horror is when uh, the woman detective is interrogating her and she's like, you took revenge. It was not, it was not self-defense. And then the lights go out Mm -hmm. and then she's like, they'll be back on in a second. And then the lights come on again with the generator or whatever. And she's like, so to clarify for your records, everything I said before I stand by, um, yeah. because I think at that moment, like she had been lying. And at that moment she was like, no, she's right. And now I have to go find out if I need to get revenge on Pascal too. Yeah. Because again, with all of the symbolism in this movie, when the lights go out and there's a lot of symbolism about like the mind being like a house, like all these dreams about the invasions and it's like mm-hmm. like this awakening that she's having and then it's like the literal lights come on and she's like becoming more awake to her true nature and see i kind of read that as inverted too that like her moment of realization instead of being a lights come on moment is a lights go out moment Ooh. like wow. that's the moment like her real because her realization in that moment is one that goes further into her shadow self mm-hmm. the lights don't come on they get darker yeah yeah like that's where she's going with it but I, I hadn't thought of that possibility that, like, she goes into the darkness to process, and when the lights come on, that's, yeah. like... And then the, the girl that he hurt originally, that he went to jail for... Yo! Was, she, she was 14 or 15. You're a and pedophile! Then, and then all of the girls that... All of the victims who are going missing now are the same age. So it's like he is taking revenge. And then when you see that mirrored or compared to Maul's experience, who goes to her victim's place of employment. Yeah. Can we talk yeah. about that when and you then, finish your yeah. statement? Okay. And then you see her visceral reaction when she goes, she, she when she says, I was defending myself, and she immediately has a very emotional response saying, so then you, you're saying I deserve this. And you see that the two narratives aren't matching yeah. up aren't aligned yes that's 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 true yeah I think I think where I I weigh in is I just don't think it was like I don't think it's like cold-blooded like I'm a sociopath who's stabbing you like I yeah I I think think it's like someone with like an emotional someone who like let the beast come out and was like horrified by it but yeah that she there's like the family's narrative there's her narrative and then like what she comes to understand about it Mm. I think you're right after talking to the police woman and going through this experience I wasn't even I wasn't even sure whether she was sure. I, yeah. I don't like think she is because think, she doesn't yeah. understand what's happened so she says that she blacks out. But I don't think she really blacks out. I yeah. did when I thought she was the killer of the girls. I thought she was blacking out and she didn't know. Well, yeah. I I thought when she tells Pascal that it was revenge that she she understood that it was the right thing to say. She understood that because yeah. like she could mine her own 
yeah. conflicted feelings. Like she could access the questions she has about this and the fact that she might believe this sometimes mm-hmm. to give a, an especially compelling performance here. To manipulate him. And that she doesn't have to decide either way. It doesn't actually have to be totally true either way. All of it can be true in this moment. She's talking, she's going to talk about this one truth because that's the way to get what she needs. Yeah. Out of yeah. him. So I that's kind of how I run it. Yeah. Yeah. And also there was an interesting, just, this is like a side note, but I, I, I also, part of the reason I thought Maul, Maul was the killer was that I think there was like a red herring where, is it Maddie, the girl whose funeral she went to? Melissa. Maddie looked a, Melissa. Melissa looked a lot like the girl yeah. that Maul stabbed. She looked like, they, they were like brown hair, blue eyed, like really yeah. specific. So, yeah, Similar yeah he went after like mostly like girls who like yeah, like most serial killers like that like they fit a profile. Yeah, yeah. So for a minute, I thought it was Maul's profile, but so, but yeah, I agree mm-hmm, with that take. Mm-hmm. I have I want to add to this the part of the appearance of the girl, the victims, basically. So when Maul has the nightmare early on, and she is the person attacking and both and the person who who is being attacked. She gets stabbed in the chest with the scissors. Mm-hmm. When we yeah. see that this girl was stabbed in the face, that's different. Yeah. I don't know why I don't, I mean, but I just, like, that. it wasn't a jump scare so much as the, oh, that's not, no, that's not self-defense if you're stabbing someone in the face. That's not a defensive wound. I just think that it's interesting that, like, with Maul's kind of, um, like, dreams and kind of weird delusions that... Um, she starts off like being the victim in them like she she stabs herself with the scissors but mm. by the end she's the one that's sh- strangling herself yes. she like takes off the yeah. black hood and so it's it kind of seems like she's coming to terms that like oh I'm not the victim yeah. I'm the beast I'm that's the person yeah. and like she's like in her weird delusions and dreams she's like coming to terms with like I'm the monster also did anyone else think that when she said defense she really she meant like like in an emotionally dysregulated way defense like not that someone was physically attacking her but that she like I I never she was like I was bullied Mm -hmm. I never interpreted that to mean that someone was like physically attacking her I thought that she just like snapped and stabbed her that's that's how I thought of it too yeah. yeah, I thought it was built up, like, she was bullied a lot, and then this girl was bullying her in class, and then that was, like, the, it was, like, too much, and she snapped. So, we, we talked a lot about, like, the romantic tropes, and I kind of want to make the switch to some of, like, the horror tropes, but yes. once we made the switch to when, in the movie, when we get the idea, mm, this movie is kind of like that movie Red Eye with, um... <laughs> Killian Murphy where it's like it's set up like a rom-com but then it's like oh shit like he's a killer like you're trapped here um the entire time all I could see is oh my god this is this is exactly domestic violence here are the here's like the 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 drama the honeymoon phase the the gaslighting the manipulation but what I thought was really interesting we keep coming back to how like you know, they're, they're, they're kind of one in the same, the character, Pascal and Maul, um, where it's like, they, they do it to each other. So when she put on the white dress and she gave him the confession, and you see him do a lot of that in the beginning too. So when she confronts him, which I think is a very natural way of being like, I just have to ask, 
are you the killer running around? I just, I gotta, I just gotta ask. You know, so funny. But, it's, it's, it's just my weird brain. I mean, like, I, like I swear, I just, I. Yeah, I know you're not. I know I'm gonna be. I know I'm gonna be like the worst if I don't just ask. You know, right. so like. And like I um, get it. Like I get why you would kill those girls. I get it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, like, totally it's just, get like, it. It's, Look, it's, who would it's, 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 Who would it? He took that moment and he said. I love you, and you're asking me this question. And then she turns around, I hated and she's that. like, I hated "Did that. you just say you love me?" And he he literally he literally goes, "I don't know." <laughs> like, bitch, you're gonna open this can of worms, and you're gonna look me in the face, and you're gonna fucking say, "I don't know." That's manipulation. When he responded to an accusation of murder with "I love you," I spontaneously manifested a list of dudes to stab. <laughs> like every dumb fuck that has pulled some kind of shit in an argument like that mm-hmm. i was like oh oh yep yeah, that's yep yeah, that's all of them that's all of them okay i'll save that for later yeah so i guess and I'm that's what was beast. so unsettling about the movie was that because like in terms of like it's like it wasn't like scary scary but that i like just the yes. idea that you like don't you can't relax because i'm like no, I'm like, that's bullshit. When he said that, I'm like, that's that's fucking bullshit. He's a psycho. And then it's like, well, she loves him. I trust her. And I'm like, maybe I misread that. She's and it's like, looks really. Us. It's the like, I'm being really gaslit the whole time. Like, the sex looks amazing. That sex looks like nice sex. Like, I that feel sex like it can't be that bad. I feel like it would be awesome to have a bunch of spiky seagrass inside of my vagina. <laughs> so... Yeah, let's go for it. I feel like the better the sex, the more crazy and like red flag, like terrible they are. The sex is too good. Diaz He's a murderer. Says that fear is a powerful aphrodisiac. <laughs> so what? What you all should be hearing, listeners, is that next time someone blows your back all the way out, you gotta sneak out in the night. <laughs> Get all Probably the way out. A psycho. <laughs> They're trying to fuck you into the sunken place. <laughs> oh my gosh I'm writing that That's down so funny. hold on I'm writing that down <laughs> yeah the after the sex there was like that scene I thought this scene was so amazing but it's so just terrifying wait it's like they had sex like in the forest and then she's on her couch the next day and her mouth is like covered in dirt and she's yep. like clawing the couch covering it in dirt oh that's great it so was great, great. I, it was like I, he should have known he was the killer then, because it's like, but why is her face covered in dirt? But because you were like, yeah. they he he flipped it over. That's all. It's fine. So yeah. I read that moment as being like you know that like that like got messed up so good that you like you don't even want to you just want to like sit in all the juice for a while. Like yeah, you're like not ready to shower. You don't want to like you just. <laughs> You just want to like live in it for a while. I was like, I, I love that. I get that. What a great image, like a, a great frame too, with like the Beautiful window shot. wide open behind her and her filthy on that white couch. And with her legs, yeah. with her legs spread. open, Sprawled. just open, just like the window, just all the way uh, open. Loved it. Loved well, what was it. that like? And I just want to briefly talk about that sex scene where like. This is such a great, this is where I was like, wow, this is both kind of like a rom-com and a horror film, which is like they're in that clearing. And he's like, follow me into the shortcut. 
we're alone in the woods and we're like oh like you get this kind of like spooky feeling Mm -hmm. and then you see this look on her face and we're like and it's hard to read and it's like what is she thinking and we're thinking like oh he's gonna murder you but then what she's really thinking is like oh I want to fuck him and it's what you think is gonna be (laughs) a spooky kind of like moment instead is like a really sexy moment and I felt that was like a very interesting like straddling of uh I think it's I think it's a little bit of both I think for a second she did kind of was like wait a minute because my first time I ever went on a hinge date this dude came from I live in Massachusetts he came from Maine and we went to because he used to live in Boston here he took me to a I um, wish everyone could have seen our faces right then. <laughs> he took me to the Arboretum, where she used to go to a lot, and he doesn't drink, but he smokes weed, and I hadn't smoked weed in, like, three years. And so I'm trying to, like, be like, I'm cool, I can hang. Um, I, I could not hang, and I had a great, I got way too high, and we're walking through the wilderness, and I'm just, like, following this hot dude, like... Oh my god, I'm gonna go missing. Oh my god, this is how I die, isn't it? Isn't it? This is how I die. And that's like the moment when she like kind of stopped in the woods. I was like, yes, bitch, I've been there, been there, <laughs> yeah. know it. But at the same time, that shit kind of turns me on too. So let's do it. Let's <laughs> that's get into it, thing, right? Like it's it's sexy because it's risky. And yes. then he seed of doubts her, where he turns around and he's like, "Are you scared?" Yep. Right where she's like, maybe. Maybe I shouldn't be. I am mm, confused. <laughs> yeah, and so like in in the intro to this, like sometimes there's a there's that thin line between love and hate, and I think there's also a very thin line between fear and desire. And yeah. And in the very beginning, the first romance, not the first, um, because that was Cliff, but the the other guy Lee from the bar, when he's like over here, and then she goes over there, and then he's like bah. He goes, oh, I frightened you. Oh, so funny. <laughs> but then you see how that works in the opposite way. Because throughout the movie, Pascal keeps startling her. And he goes, oh, like, and she goes, oh, you frightened me. And you see, like, the juxtaposition between this guy who actually, like, was, like, going to be, like, raping her. Like, oh, I frightened you. And versus, like, this murderer. And she's like, oh, I'm scared. But I'm going to fuck you. You know. I dated someone who put his hands on me and the entire rest of it, like, first of all, you know, I don't super recommend staying with someone who does that to you. Didn't work out great for me. Um, when it, it, the rest of the time we dated, um, I had the really, this really exaggerated startle reflex. And I always chalked it up to the fact that I'd worked in mental health. So I, I was often like attacked at work or, or was required to intervene in really violent situations. And um, so a lot of folks who work like direct care and residential mental health treatment do have some degree of PTSD because that's a really tough place to like live for an extended period of time. Um, it wasn't until years later, like a therapist had to tell me like, actually, it's not typical for that to persist for years after you've left that line of work. That usually resolves fairly quickly once your body becomes accustomed to not living in that heightened state. That was you reacting to him. That's why it didn't happen with other people. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you've realized, like, what you just told me, but you're just telling me it only happens with him. That's why he would come around a corner and you'd jump out of your skin. Yeah. And I was like, 
Wow, we are super good at compartmentalizing. Yeah. Yeah. I also want to create um, another public service announcement from your local feminist killjoy. If you're finding yourself having to lie about your significant other's behaviors to your closest friends and family, um, you should never have to do that. You should yeah. you should never have to do that. You should never have to like cover for them. Yeah. Like yeah. you should be able to talk about a fight you had and tell both I mean, obviously you're gonna be biased because you were clearly right, but anyway, <laughs> um, you know what I mean. Yeah. Like you should be able to tell it the fight. You should be able to recount that to a person who knows both of you and that person not be like, Call the police or or whomever. Right, yeah. because that's yeah. well, because yeah. in this circumstance, I didn't tell Mary Kay for a very, very long time because because you knew that's the reaction I would have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. So that's why you. I mean, and not, I don't mean you, you. I mean anyone, because I've done that before. Yeah, my yeah. situation was different from yours, but like, okay, but they were black jeans. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's like other people yeah. are bringing up like. Like, even though I know that the family was shitty, but they're they're bringing up, like, these warning red flags. Like, I don't know. I think you're in a bad situation. Listen, they're black jeans, okay? <laughs> like, why was that the defense as opposed to, like, well, he didn't know better. He doesn't belong to a country club. Yeah. Like, why wasn't and that that's... enough of a defense? Why was black <laughs> jeans? Why was black jeans better? <laughs> I kind of get I, that specifically I did kind of get like from a college perspective like when I was in college my friend went to like interview for the Peace Corps and they got really mad at her for not wearing slacks and we were both like but you wore black jeans and we both <laughs> were like sort of like those are a young person's slacks yeah what did they want what did they want why plus he's he's a he's a blue collar worker like he doesn't just wear slacks all the time like he yeah he, yeah. It's like, oh, look, but he's getting a- really chummy with, like, our, like, underage daughter, like, outside by themselves. <sighs> but he's wearing black jeans. Yeah. And, yeah, to circle back to the, like, um, the, like, listening to your instincts and, like, right, why- she has these moments but she goes against them. I don't necessarily feel like this is Maul's case, but mm-hmm. for me, as, like, a woman in America, I constantly feel that my conditioning to – be kind to people yes. constantly almost gets me murdered. Yes. <laughs> like yes. that, there's just situations where it's like you are like you have these alarm bells going off, but you're like, no, but he's you're, I'm being weird. Non confrontational. Mm. Yeah. And it's like, I it's see literally you. almost gotten me killed. I, but. I went for one of my walks the other night and like halfway through, just far enough away from my house that if I had to turn around and run all the way back, I was like, I don't know, Mary. I don't know if I can sustain a run that long. But just far enough, like some dude shows up behind me. He'd been walking. There's like a trail. There's a golf course. I guess he'd been walking the golf course, which technically we're not supposed to do, but who cares? It's the middle of the night. Anyway, um, so he had come up from like a golf course trail and was now like behind me and a good distance behind me. He didn't seem to be picking up speed. So I picked that speed the fuck up. But he was behind me for a long time. And at one point he crossed the street. So he was on the other sidewalk. And I felt fucking guilty for a minute. Oh. That like I'd been you looking mean you over. You didn't turn around to him and just scream in his face twice? Yeah, I was like, would that work? Should we be doing that? Um, yeah. So no, like I, I felt guilty <laughs> that like I was looking over my shoulder so much that he felt like, oh no, I'm making her uncomfortable. I need to cross the street. 
And then I was like, no, that's. Oh, I love that. That's kind of what. That's kind of what he should have done. Or he should have seen me going and been like, I'm going to let her get plenty of clearance or I'm going to go the other fucking way. Or if that's where my home is, I'm just going to take another quick. Or come up behind me when he sees me looking just like wave and like point like I'm going home by like I don't know do whatever we would do in that circumstance where we get really weird and make it really obvious what our intentions yeah. are because like we're fine we're fine we're fine like yeah mm-hmm. well think of it yeah. this way you know how sometimes you give someone a gift because not because you want like this praise or anything it's like you do it because it makes you feel good that like I saw this thing it reminded me of my friend I want her to mm-hmm. have this sometimes people like with strangers feel that way like there's this woman walking by herself. I want her to feel safe, so I'm gonna cross the road. Could be and that's that. and that's the thing. And I he think may that not even is have a great thing to do. Yes. He may not even have noticed I was turning around, but I was turning around yeah. a lot. So, yeah. I as I you felt should. guilty. Yes. Like Dory. As you should. Yeah. As you They're must. following me. Yeah. That's and so yeah. So, that's a, so that's, that's what, like a less sexy version of what I was doing, but yes. <laughs> but Mary Kay, you said something that like really uh, triggered a memory about this movie about like, oh, you didn't turn around and scream in his face. So anytime yeah. like, a man in public is bothering us, like in this movie, should we just turn around like she did yeah. at the funeral and just go, ah! because I think that's a really good strategy. Yeah. I Like this bitch I is crazy. I'm out of here. Well, and Allie and I have talked about this before. I've done that. I had no, a, I tell like, me. so I, well, I, when I was in, when I was first in LA, I, I, it happens to me less now. I don't know why, but when I first got there, I was like, uh, like approached by men on the street fairly often. Um, and like the first time it happened, I was like, well, I was alone on the beach reading and I was like engrossed in a book and a guy was standing I above me and was like, story. Oh yes, yes, and I screamed, and that one was um, natural. Like I just wasn't expecting a man to be right in my face talking to me. No, and these of are men course that are not. Just, <laughs> no. Of course you weren't. And and so then I just started leaning into it, where like if I'm in my car, like I would sit in my car before work with the window down, just like chilling or meditating. And literally more than once, a guy would come to my window to talk to me. So if I felt the urge to scream, I would kick it up a bit to be like, we need to start training them to stop doing this. <laughs> so it's like, I yeah, love you. it's, I it's love like you. training. Yeah. It's like training your dog. Like, Oh, that's exactly. not the reaction you wanted. Try something yeah. else. Yeah. It's like, Oh, you think it's like you could that because I'm just like a woman in the world, like walking, you can just like come get really near to me and interrupt what I'm doing. Yes. It's like, I will, I will act as startled like, as I feel. Motherfucker. I brought, <laughs> I, I, did, I brought a book to the beach because I did not want this shit. If yes. I were looking for Dick, my mm-hmm. eyes would be up. I am at the beach. I'd be wearing that like, I'm fully bikini. clothed. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, oh, I'm always wearing that because I'm wearing it for me. But if you were to be like polite in this situation, like, oh, I'm just trying to like be by myself, that all men get, well, I'm not trying to talk to you, you ugly bitch. Yeah. Um, I mean, come on. But so I loved that screaming moment to me. Once I, at the time when I wasn't sure what Maul's deal was, I was afraid. Mm-hmm. After the, after seeing the whole piece, I fucking loved yes. that she did that. And yes. that's what all, that's how I feel. I feel that way. I, I want to do that. And how so quickly that's how they I were like, it. we're out. Yeah. Just a, yeah. Just a fun aside, because this is like my entire role on this show. Um, so <sighs> that scream like stood out to me for its sound. Like it didn't have that like horror, like, I like super mm-hmm. high pit, like, and when I looked up this this actress, um, Jessie Buckley, she's she's a singer. Like she's a musical theater yeah. actress. 
She's a tremendously, tremendously gifted singer. Um, really, really well trained. Also plays clarinet and harp and piano, like just an incredible musician. So I was like, oh, oh, that's that good scream. <laughs> yeah. That's that, that vocally didn't, trained didn't, scream. That's that didn't shred my entire shit scream. That's what that that's is. From I like the diaphragm. It. Yeah. <laughs> mm hmm. Mm hmm. I didn't tense my throat for that scream. Yeah. <laughs> So I got a little, I got a little kick out of that because immediately I recognized that I was like, oh no, she's doing. I don't know if that was more of a character choice or more of a, like conserve your voice choice, but I recognized that because, I went to theater school. We all learned. To to do yeah. that kind of thing, right? So like, yeah, I recognized it, but I didn't know if it was just that, that, that kind of like that deeper or more resonant sound yeah. made more sense for the character. I just wanted to shout out how awesome the acting was in this yes. film. Um, especially, especially both the leads, but especially Jesse Buckley. Just because yes. I, while watching it, I wasn't sure if she was the victim, the murderer. I could see her going through stuff, but it was mm-hmm. so specific and like well placed that I, it was hard to read exactly where she stood and it was so layered and she could she would be like crying one moment and then like ferocious the next and it's just like she's incredible and I, she was so good that I had to look her up I was like who is this you know like what what else has she done and yeah she's like a very famous singer um she's a really really talented stage actress um and then she was also in Chernobyl she was great in Chernobyl so yeah great. yeah She's actually having a really incredible moment right now because she just, uh, Netflix just came out with this movie with her. It's Charlie Kaufman's new film. Um, I'm a big Charlie Ooh. Kaufman fan and I'm a big Jesse Buckley fan. So I'm really excited. Um, it's called uh, I'm Thinking of Ending Things. Um, there's like a kind of like That's a fun, her. That's her. Mm-hmm. I think she is sort of like a young Tony Collette in the way that she just has this incredible control over her expressions where like we did an episode on hereditary (gasps) and if you've seen (laughs) i love this i love this moment i love you so much but but the the moment in the movie where she's seeing um the the i think it was the dad that was on fire near the end and then she's she does like the horrific (laughs) and then suddenly goes like straight blank like to have that kind of control and I think that we see that in Jesse Buckley here. Like, so that, just like how you're saying, we never know if she is innocent or the murderer or in between or going back and forth. You never know because she's able to transform herself so well. Yeah, that's, uh, Hereditary was where I had my first, like, obviously we watch the rom-coms. We love, we love a good, ro- I love a good rom-coms 50-50 split. I love to laugh. I had my first um, whatever the horror equivalent of a laugh is in Hereditary. When Tony Collette is like banging her head against the ceiling, yeah. I had like a, a gutter, like a guttural shudder that I was like not aware. I like didn't, I like that I had to release tension and I was just like, oh, I was like, oh that that's was, like a laugh, but for horror. That, that was <laughs> me in that scene with the little boy being possessed in the witch. Mm-hmm. Oh God! Uh, that was me then. I was like, with the apple. But Mia, that's like a really, like a, like a really uh, something. I, I don't think that I've heard us discuss on the show before. Of like, when you you see a scene that causes a reaction in you, 
that you have to have like a physical sort of response tension release because that's what laughter is you're releasing tension and it's like and i think for horror it's like great because i think like screaming yeah because jordan peele talks about how they're the same like or like how comedy and horror are really similar um like but yeah because it's all about building tension and then releasing yeah. it and this like cathartic experience that you you yeah, get mary you talk about that a lot so that's really interesting to me yeah. yeah well that that's that's why some shows strike you as just like so funny that you almost don't laugh because you're mm-hmm. actually like straight up holding it in to make sure you don't miss something yeah. um like there's a show, something like 30 rock like that that actually i think still holds a record for jokes per like minute or per episode, just like the rate at which, because everything you thought was a setup is funny in and of itself. And then mm-hmm. you thought that was Every the punchline. Yeah. And then you thought it was the punchline, but that's actually also a setup for the next thing and a setup for the next and a setup. And it's almost like as many payoffs as you're getting, mm. it almost feels like you never even got the full, like they're, they're, it just keeps building mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. So by the time you get to these really broad moments, it, it's just wild, you know? Yeah. And that's like how I felt in Beast because the tone the whole time was so like I never thought it was going to be a romantic movie from the minute one. I'm like, I don't I'm uncomfortable. I'm like, as as soon as she's like, (laughs) that's exactly what I said. She's like, I need more from you all. I'm like, no, no, I don't. don't, I'm getting Wicker Man vibes from this town. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I'm like, something is wrong in this town. I don't I don't want to be in this town. Yeah, no, I forgot. Like, yeah, in the very first, like, one of the very first shots, after the, 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 you see the sea, you see some people kind of, like, hiking, and you think, oh, they're, like, going on a really nice hike, but they have, like, that chorus music, just like you said, very Wicker Man, sort of culty vibe happening. Yeah. And then you don't, you don't realize at the beginning of the first time that you're watching that that's a search party for Melissa. Oh, yeah, that's such a good observation, Rachel. I didn't put that Same. together until you said it. Because you don't even—I don't know if you remember that um, Mall was actually on one of the search parties. It was such a short moment, yeah. and that's where she yeah. sees yeah. the dead owl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, birds falling out of the sky. <sighs> I did think it was sexy, though. Also, yes, the tone. Yes, or it, I agreed. Yeah. The, yeah. Totally. I love crazy. I mean, I was scared from the jump, but also I was like, but I'm also ready to Well, because it is kind of like edging. It's like horror edging where you're like, am I, is, is it, it scary yet? I don't bro, know. she just said it's edging. That's some, girl, that's some BDSM shit. Let's get thank into you, it. Thank you, thank <laughs> you. I, all Amazing. of this sexy stuff, like I was like, I understand what is happening here. But it's all just making me uncomfortable <laughs> because okay. that guy's creeping me out. I feel like I have heard you say, though, that you enjoy, and this is not, there's no shade here because I also enjoy the fresh sweat of a man. Ooh, <laughs> yes. I do. Note that I did not say dried blood on his body <laughs> or fresh dug grave dirt under his nails. But that's what she says is that she likes his smell. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing she li- likes the least about Cliff. So here's how I read those moments. Yeah, let's get into it. It wasn't because the thing is, she doesn't tell um, Pascal that she loves his smell. She tells her sister. Mm hmm. 
She tells Cliff that she doesn't like his smell. I read those moments as Maul trying to make them uncomfortable. <laughs> okay. Like it's yeah. kind of like a retali- it's a little revenge, it's a little retaliation, right? Like she could li- she she can't really tell Polly why she likes Pascal because she likes Pascal because he doesn't treat her like her family does, including Polly. So instead, she can actually just make her feel real icky. <laughs> okay. Not that she doesn't like his smell or anything, just that that's why she was sharing that that way in that moment. So I have one more piece of evidence to support that this is a sexy movie. <laughs> All the others we've hit already about how he's apparently amazing in bed. They have that first kiss on the cliffs of the beach. He comes to dinner. He's like, I wanted to know if you wanted to go get fucked up. And then she's like, he? And then her mom's like, we're going to have dinner. And Mala's like, well, you have to invite him because you have manners, right? So he's eating dinner with them. And her brother says something shitty and she, she's like, I'm sorry. And he goes, oh, you, it's okay. People often adapt, uh, uh, can't, uh, adapt to the beliefs that they're, that they're brought up with. <laughs> and, and then her brother's like, what do you mean? And he's like, well, I just mean what I said. Like, she doesn't have to apologize for your behavior. I love And that. I was like, let's go. Yeah, I love that. that. And that brings <laughs> us back to Big dick energy. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. He don't give a fuck. Yeah. He's in the lion's den. He is the minority there. And he's going to say something like that. He don't give a fuck. He stands up for her a few times. Yeah. Because when the when the guys are telling her to fuck off, he goes, don't do that. And I really loved that, too. Yeah, when he when he intervenes because they're attacking Nuno, we all caught too that like the reason Nuno's DNA was all over that girl was because he touched him, right? Like, is that what happened? Oh, or did, is it because because they went on I a thought date? It was they went on they a, go on a date, and it was just okay. I thought still, maybe it was because they'd fought. Oh, that's that's my DNA transfer. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Like if he's already got his like sweat or drool or blood or whatever on him i don't know but then his dna would have been there so your date thing is probably better i mean i knew that was part of it too i just didn't remember if my timeline worked there yes yeah like if it was after or if it was like before she went missing i think it's in the opposite order but yeah we didn't do it he was just browning nearby yeah and well and yeah so the guy also seems like uh like a defender like an, he seems like an anti-racist in the in the very white town yeah. so you're also like that's yeah. cool like no no mia not cool. <laughs> no, I agree. No, I'm talking to myself watching the film being fooled by him. I'm like, Man. he also like he walks away when she says no too. Like yes, and that's that's a thing too where I was like, that's sexy. I love when she she goes no and he's like okay and he walks away and then she goes no I changed my mind because <laughs> yeah. it happens like several times or at least twice mm-hmm. where yeah yeah where like the mom dismisses him and he's like okay. And he leaves. And then she, like, runs and she's like, fix my bench. (laughs) Y'all, do I I have this little romantic trust in white men? Is that what's happening right here? Like, I never, that I never got on board because I was like, no, I'm not, uh, okay, he's going to act anti-racist right now. But we all know, like, oh, man, maybe that's what's happening for me here. Yes. I've been trying to tell you this. You did not say it was about him being white. You've been saying like, oh, but you love sweat. No. <laughs> no, I'm not talking. Never mind. That's not what I meant. Not this guy specifically. <laughs> but also, 
Also, so not only, just like by the way that he looks, not only does he look wild because his hair is always a mess, he's always dirty, he looks like he's he's been working outside all day, so he probably smells in like the most delightful way that we like. Um, <laughs> but like his, his eyes are, everyone's eyes are a little uneven. His are a little bit more uneven than normal. And did you notice that he has a scar on his face in yeah. the same place yeah. as where that girl was stabbed? Yes. Yeah. I thought they looked like defensive wounds, like someone yeah. someone defending themselves against him. That's what I'm saying. And that's how and that's how Maul thinks of her attack on that girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a def- that, as far as anyone as far as Maul's concerned, that's a defensive wound on that girl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the same for him. Yeah. And also I feel like if you're blonde, you're more it's like wearing white. You're seen as more innocent, like polite, and you would you wouldn't do these horrific things than if you had dark hair, dark eyes. Like the person, the person that they thought, and he's like, we got him, was a Portuguese man. Yeah. Well, and I think yeah. I mean, certainly for culture in the UK, certainly for us as Americans, I think that that is a persistent mythology. That is something that you know. I mean, we. We keep seeing it play out, but I think we often underestimate the fact that even within whiteness, there is there are more and less acceptable forms yeah. of whiteness or appearance. And uh, I think that's honestly why I'm just such a brazen little fuck. Is that <laughs> I was raised? I was well. I was raised by a black woman who wasn't American, so she ain't just did not generally observe a lot of the forms of shame she was supposed to experience. And then a blonde, blue-eyed, white dude who was six foot two. So I was just raised in a household where it was like, well, why would people be mean to you? Oh, if they act that way, like, just fuck it. I mean, they never said that. My dad's a pastor. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what I mean? Like, I I do think, I think back as a kid, and there was so much stuff that I recognized for what it was. I was just really weirdly resilient about it. Maybe that's it. Rachel, I really want to understand something you said in the outline. Just as a very, very final, as a little button here. Yeah. Can you tell me about how Clifford feels about Maul by the end of the movie? Just as per your thoughts on the album. Oh, yeah, the pee Because I, I, <laughs> I, I wrote in the outline, Clifford was like, you didn't let me put my pee-pee in you, so now I'm going to let you die and not do my job. Because it's like the sour dude, like when you, like the really, like the sour dude after you rejected him, and then oh, yeah. you really need him to be a fucking human being, but he refuses to because you hurt his ego by, like, not fucking him. So in the end, he's like, yeah, we got him, this Portuguese Portuguese man. So he's like, yeah, we got the guy. And, and then she goes to him. She goes, actually, I realized I was wrong, and I'm pretty sure it's him. And not only did he say, like, basically to her face, like, well, fuck you, that's your problem now. But he's not going to even follow up on it. So not only is he not going to do his job, but he's like, and I acknowledge the fact that you're going to be the next victim. So, and that's fine with me. Because you did. That motherfucker said, you can tell, you can talk to me. Whatever's happened. No matter what. Then she's like, all right, talk, talk, talk. And he's like, no, you can't talk that. And he's smiling. Like, I thought that was another mm-hmm. beast beast moment where it's like the beast in him comes out and he's smiling because he's like, you could have had me, but now you're with a, a killer. Yeah. And he raises his voice. Yeah. And also I was like, yeah, I was about to say, I was like, yeah, my dude, don't like, 
Why wouldn't I? So with that, I want to approach our closing question, which let me start by saying I feel like every movie similar sort of like this, where there's like the virgin character, which was Maul in the beginning, they always are dressed in the same way. They always have the same kind of outfit. And so the question that I have is, which virgin character accessory are you adopting? Because for me, it's the wristwatch. They always have the same wristwatch where it's like on like the inside of their wrist and they check it all the time. Like, what are you looking for? Like, what time are you looking for? Like, your bathroom break in between your 12 IP classes. Like, for me, it's the the watch. That looked like... um... This is so weird. I actually read an article recently about the watches of like famous like television, like masculine television characters, right? Like the watch uh, Walter White wears versus the watch, uh, two watches in the course of the series that um, like uh, Don Draper wears. And the one she's wearing looks like, looks similar to the, to one of the ones Don Draper wears, actually. Mm-hmm. I was trying to figure out if it was a Cartier, like the shape and everything looks Looks very Cartier, and her family certainly seems wealthy, so I thought maybe. But also, they think she's irresponsible, so I was like, well, why would they give her... But then they put so much responsibility on her. It just yeah. seemed like one of those like, other like dorky virgin character tropes that they have that doing this. Well, <laughs> okay, so dorky virgin character accessory. Glasses, always. Yeah. She called glasses, guys. Sorry. She got it. Damn it. I, well, I, I do have, I have them. I'm not wearing them at this moment. Um, no, but, but they look. You look so hot. Oh, girl, girl. <laughs> she's Woo! she's just trying. She's she's trying to get hey, me excited Allie. now. She's trying to get me like in love. What she's trying to make is me. It? <laughs> oh my god, this is the meat cute. It's this is the meat like, happening. It's they happening. thought they were gonna make jokes. They didn't know they were gonna make a family. Um, like Allie's trying to make hunting. me fall in love with her. Everyone. I just want you to know. I'm just putting on my virgin glasses <laughs> and my virgin sundress. Even though I'm in a location where I shouldn't be wearing a sundress, I am. I'm wearing a sundress. And the straps are always falling off. Oh, God. Yeah, I'm, I'm, on, I'm, on the, I'm on the Isle of Jersey. You can practically see my breath. But yeah, let's do this. Oh my god! Uh, yeah, no I glasses. This. I because I I really want to wear them all the time, but each of my eyes is good. They're fine. They just don't work together right. Oh, so it I glasses are not a great not a solution. All right, so we got the watch. We got the glasses. What else we got? Uh, I'll take um. So this is like a Venn diagram of like horror virgin and rom-com quirky lady, which is like at their quirky job, they have a weird hat. So I will take yes. her weird hat. Yes, they do. <laughs> on her, we see this with Lainey Boggs and she's all that. And um, yeah. Oh other, my God, yes. Yeah, so I'll take her weird hat she has to wear on her quirky job of giving uh, senior citizens tours of um, her I would love that job. Wait, I would love to. I know. I was watching it. I was like, I'm so jealous. Same. And then he 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 shamed up when he was like that the granny wagon. Yeah, he was like trying to shame her for it. I want to. I want to take all these old folks out to the vineyard. To a winery? Like that's the best. Hell yeah! That's the shit. I was just gonna say you mentioned Lainey Boggs, so I immediately had two questions or two thoughts. One was like, rest in peace, Paul Walker. My God, Uh, like one of my early crushes, right? 
But uh, also, have y'all seen these recent dishwasher commercials with a current day Freddie Prince Jr.? No. No. <laughs> Speaking of vineyards, wine, and things that age well. Oh my God. Oh, yes. He's Dear aged so God. well. I saw a recent, like, before and after of, like, him and Sarah Michelle Geller when they, like, first got married because they're still married. Oh. And them now, and they, like, have aged so well and their marriage just gives me such life um, hope, and like such I... joy oh my god they look incredible oh my god that. he looks incredible she does too <laughs> <laughs> mia straight up looked it up while we're talking okay so we got the wristwatch we got the what else did glasses we got the glasses quirky hat we got the quirky hat mary Kay. what we got Cardigan? Yeah. A work Wait. cardigan. Yeah. That's really good. With like with like the with the patches on the elbow, please. Yeah, I wanna be hot librarian. I've done hot professor, now I wanna be hot <laughs> librarian. Oh, I'm sorry, that's a whole other master's degree, so you'll have to work on that. <laughs> Besides the one I'm you just have. Kidding. Just additionally. I'm just you can kidding. Just, well then just dress like one and yeah, everyone that's like, will that's assume. another twenty grand. <laughs> Correct me if this is not a, a trope, but I feel like I always see virgins wear kind of like white granny panties yeah. or kind of like yeah. underwear that's like not sexy. Um, I'm thinking and about like high waisted up to like high waisted. Yeah, <laughs> and then it's like so nothing like what I'm wearing right now. <laughs> it's a. I'm thinking like Susan Sarandon from like Rocky Horror Picture Show, which I know is like not a a very like. Uh, I guess it's a whole, it has horror in the <laughs> title. I think that would be a really fun one to talk about because yes! it actually does, because it does lean into so many, like it, it uses I don't care. so many she horror tropes. She is so tropes. fucking hot in those. Those are not <laughs> yes. true granny panties. They're a little short to be granny. They're like, more like bikini wear. Yeah. Panties. But it's still yeah. very like white and yeah. very like. Virginal. Virginal. It's not supposed yeah. to be sexy, but Susan Sarandon's so sexy that it becomes sexy. Yeah. Exactly. Even now, she's still sexy, dude. Have you she's seen so her? Hot. Gosh, she's, she's so sexy. hot. Have we? We've all gone through our accessories then. Mm-hmm. Like we've, we've, we are now. We could now like assemble an ensemble for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Oh we got the panties. We got the watch. We got the glasses. What else we got? Cardigan. The um, cardigan. cardigan. Oh, yes. But no cardigan. bottoms. This is just a bottomsless yeah. mess. Well, we already know. We already know the bottoms we're wearing. They're like denim, um, bell-bottom baggy jeans, like from um, Teeth that she kept wearing. I actually, I, I think it's preferable if we all just Winnie the Pooh it. <laughs> Yay! What does that even mean? Oh, oh no, no God. <laughs> oh, God. I thought oh. this was virginal. Well, maybe I should pivot to Yeah, sundress. well, we're wearing the granny. I should the pivot to sundress granny. because hat is a costume change. So I think I'll pivot to sundress and then we've got a full ensemble. So we're ready. We're ready. Right, we're ready. We're done. as horror slash romance virgins. Yeah. All right, y'all. We've got a couple of very exciting announcements about our next episode. Um, announcement number one being that we are finally tackling the 1974 classic the Texas Chainsaw Massacre by Tobe Hooper. It's been requested. We've been looking forward to it. And you can see it on Shudder or you can rent it on Prime, Google, or Apple TV, whichever you prefer. Secondly, we have a very exciting guest joining us, Kelly Nugent. 
actor, voice actor, podcaster, gamer, writer. She does all of my favorite, my favorite things. Anyway, basically. Um, in fact, she is voice talent on a Skyrim mod that I really like. So I'm going to fangirl. But yeah, um, looking forward to having Kelly on to discuss Texas Chainsaw. Looking forward to sharing that with you guys as well. Thank you guys so much for listening. Yes. Um, please check out PSI Love Romcoms. We love Ali and Mia. They're great. They're <laughs> so much. Too. Love you guys. You're going to love them too. We've had a wonderful time. Everyone subscribe. Everyone come follow us on social media. Everyone go subscribe to them and follow them on social media. Um, everyone go vote. Yes. Everyone buy Mary Kay's book. The link as ever will be on our show notes. And we'll talk to y'all soon about some Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yes. Because y'all are the best and we love you. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. I never did anything wrong ever. Hey, Rachel, Oscar. Yeah, Claire? Claire? Do you love Disney movies? Uh Uh-huh. Have you seen them all? Not Not all of them. What do you guys think if we watch them all in chronological order and then talk about them? Ooh. Oh, and what if we could talk about it with some of our favorite friends? (gasps) I love that. Yeah, what if we do it inside the Disney vault? You know, that's the name of our podcast, Inside the Disney Vault on Campfire Media. Yeah, check us out on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to yours. That's Inside the Disney Vault. Let's go. Campfire.